welcome back to Stephen Runs Vegan. I uh, thank you guys for your patience. It's been a while, I know. Um, it's been on my mind. Stuff happens. Life gets in the way. So my apologies for the radio silence. But we're back. For those of you who are joining me for the first time, hello. My name is Stephen. I am making a podcast. I'm still quite new to this. going to be about running, veganism, my life as a flight attendant, and any other topics I find interesting. There's going to be interviews with friends and people I look up to, people who inspire me along the way. And I will be committing to weekly episodes from here on out. Please hold me to that. This is my commitment, me holding myself accountable to you, my wonderful Stephen Runs Vegan listeners, that I will be putting out a weekly episode from here on out. Quick update from me, there's uh, not much to report. If those those of you who know me well would have known I was in lockdown in Ireland with my family for a couple of months. That was wonderful. Uh, I returned to the Netherlands about two months, about a month ago now, I would say. I am officially back to work, though uh, flying time is greatly reduced these days. There's not a lot of air traffic for the better, I suppose, but I won't get into the, the details of COVID and uh, work. There's a lot of murky waters there now, so I won't I won't venture down, down that avenue. But yes, I'm not flying all that much. There's been a lot of downtime, some of it being used productively, more of it probably not, if truth be told. But hey, can happen. We're all just trying to do our best in these crazy times. So uh, yeah, I can't complain, but here I am back with you guys. I'm trying to figure out an audio recording setup. At the moment, I am in my living room, the main room in my apartment. The walls are not that thick here, so you could probably hear some background noise, some traffic passing by, but I'm trying my best. The microphone I have makes this weird clicking noise when it's right beside my laptop for some reason. I haven't figured that out yet, so I've basically moved the laptop as far away as I can from the microphone while still being able to touch both. Uh, I have a blanket draped over my head and I've got good Bluetooth uh, noise cancelling headphones on. So I'm in my little bubble here. Apparently the blanket is good for muffling noise. We'll see. I don't tend to notice much of a difference with or without it, but that's what all the pros tend to do, have some sort of muffling system set up. So hopefully that pays some dividends. If there are people who are audio sensitive, my apologies, my breathing, my mouth noises, all that stuff does come into it. I haven't quite figured out how not to um, get around that without massively changing my, my vocal tones or my breathing patterns or just spend twice or three times the amount of time editing the podcast to get all the silences in the middle. But then it just doesn't sound natural. So I'll, like I said, it's a new podcast. It's a work in progress. And thank you for joining me on the journey. Today I wanted to talk a bit about a concept that some of you may know if you are like me in the running world. and uh, Many of you may have heard of and are skeptical about. I wanted to talk about the runner's high, the concept of the runner's high. You may have heard of this. If you haven't, it's the feeling that runners get when they're on, out for a run. This euphoric sensation, this sense of elation, it can come at the most random of moments it's hard to predict but it's something probably most regular runners have experienced once or twice or more times if they're lucky where you're not running anymore you're not getting tired you're not working out you're not fatigued you're floating suddenly it's all easy the 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 distance flows by 
there's endorphins, whatever's flowing through you, everything is just uh, everything is just comes together in this wonderful I wanted to say orgasmic, not orgasmic feeling, it's not really physical, it's more mental, but as a result the mental the amazing mentality makes your your body feel better too. So it's it's all encompassing, I guess. To non runners, um the runner's high might seem uh laughable or ludicrous. You might not believe me. Those of you who may have run a little bit try to, you know, to, to, to lose weight or you you've given running a go and found it miserable. Uh you've done ten minutes and you your legs are sore or your your lungs are screaming or you're just bored, whatever. The idea of finding a euphoric feeling from a run is just you know, incomprehensible, but you'll have to trust me. Um, it's a thing I've found, and it, the the beauty of it, it doesn't really happen. Like I haven't anyway. I haven't figured out why. Like, oh, it happens when I sleep well, and then when I'm, you know, after ten kilometers or whatever. There's there's no rules. There's no steadfast system to hack the runners high, which just makes it beautiful. Some of the times I've experienced it have been so unlikely. I've got um, some images up in front of me here in my laptop of runs I've had. I've poured through my social media, Facebook and Instagram to find examples of runs that I was on where I did experience this. Sometimes it's been alone. Sometimes it's been in a race or running with friends. Um, one of the early ones, I hear, here it is, the 23rd of August 2015 was my first ever time running the half marathon distance. I It wasn't an official half marathon race, but it was that what what is that uh, 13 miles 20 21 kilometers yes there was a running buddy i worked with a guy called alex when i when i was living in germany and he was already an experienced runner and i was just learning i was new at the time i had to run the half marathon and i wasn't sure about doing it on my own it was really far it was further than i'd ever run before so i asked alex would he join me this was august in germany it was quite a hot day but after work we both met up and we set off for our run. The The small town we lived in at the time was on the German, or in Germany, but right on the Dutch border. So our run took us to the Dutch border. And then the moment you got there, you got to this national park, this forest, very beautiful place to run. And we would run to the Maas River and then turn around and come back again. That would be exactly a half, half marathon. But it was a really hot day. And by the time we got to the halfway point, we got to the river. We were oh, sweating and tired and... He runs a bit faster than I do, and I didn't say it. I didn't try to slow him down at all, so I, I kept up with him. But by the time we got there, we were exhausted. Like He took his top off. He was sweating. It was warm. There was a little visitor center, a little like tourist information board and bathrooms and the like. And we both went into the bathroom and just uh, drowned ourselves, you know, doused water over ourselves from the, from the tap. He drank some. I don't think I did. There's tap water in a public bathroom. I wasn't sure, but... Either way, we cooled off a little bit, took a break and turned around and headed back. And on the way back, that's when I experienced it. It just, we we kind of pushed through the tiredness, come out, the, out of the forest. We were back in Germany, coming through some, this little laneway with some houses on it, coming back into the town I lived in. And I remember we saw this uh, garden that was, had the sprinklers on. And that was like the oasis to, to people stranded in the desert, you know, it was so nice to see we decided to just jump right in to the sprinklers, cooled off, doused ourselves in water. It was much appreciated and we were so elated 
so elated, in fact, that we didn't even notice that there was an old couple sitting in the garden. They had the sprinklers on and they were sitting there watching these two runners, these two sweaty people just jump in and have a shower, have a cold shower in these sprinklers. But uh, thankfully, they were really cool and friendly and they just laughed and we said sorry. Oh, Entschuldigung, es tut mir leid, in our best, worst German. But they laughed it off. They knew what we were there for and it was a nice moment of shared humanity between the four of us. Uh, we set off again, but that the the heat, the fatigue, the camaraderie, the fact that I was having a lovely run with this new friend of mine, the you know ridiculousness of jumping into this old couple's garden fountain, basically cooling ourselves off and then running away. That was uh, I sailed home. It was that was it. I was just on a high. It was such a wonderful run, and um, the the legs hurt a lot after that run. Once the elation wore off, then you the, you know the the fatigue, the tiredness, the muscle pain still lingers, unfortunately. But that was one true example of a of one of the first times I ever had the real runner's high. Another clear one I remember was in Donegal. So the run I just told you about was me training for my first marathon. And I ran my first official half marathon race in Donegal, or in Sligo, sorry, not Donegal, in Sligo in the west of Ireland. It was the Wild Atlantic Run. A half marathon I ran with my mother and father and a cousin of mine I think who we were all either brand new or fairly new runners and I didn't even know my cousin was a runner so this was a pleasant surprise for him to join us it was in a beautiful setting it was um the west of Ireland imagine if you've never been imagine Ireland the the, the Irish tourism board images you think of the rolling fields and the stone walls and the the, the cows and sheep in the fields the beautiful seaside drives the cliffs the mountains all of that that's all there that's all true it's stunning out in the west of ireland and especially around the sligo coastline this run was going to go along a bay from one town through sligo city town or city i'm not sure but through the town of sligo then along the bay to the other side starting in strandhill this beautiful um seaside town through sligo town ending in another place called ross's point and most of it was rural and along a road but the, you had the sea on your left and you had the mountains on your right it was just stunning it was so nice that the next year I signed up again I managed to even bring my girlfriend at the time and her family her parents had never been to Ireland her mother was in love with Ireland she knew more about like Irish music and folk than I did um, so we all decided to go. Unfortunately, about a month before the race, that we it was cancelled. There was an email that went round. The refunds were sent out. There was some, I don't know, something going on behind the scenes. We never really got the full details, but the race didn't happen, which was a shame. So we decided to do it ourselves. We'd, I would run the same course, the same distance. Initially, it was to go to be with my dad. It was really nice. We all went out to start the run, and then you know everybody had a bit of had different fitness levels. Um, like my mom and her mom uh, dropped out after a kilometer and then I think my ex ran with us for five kilometers maybe and her father ran for 10 and it was just me and my dad that were going to do the the whole half marathon run um, but unfortunately about half less than halfway through I think my dad just had an injury something just snapped in his leg instantly he pulled up he was wincing and he would try to run again and just couldn't take more than two or three steps he could walk fine but he just couldn't run try as he might so we called the the others, they picked him up in the car, and I had to do the rest on my own. That was absolutely fine. I was in such a beautiful part of the world, it was a nice day, and off I went. 
And again, that I had I had the runner's high. I remember coming along like the coastal highway. I guess it wasn't a highway, but quite a main road. There was enough space for me to be running on the side. And it was winding and hilly. So I was getting quite far into the race and again, quite tired. But the scenery was just unbelievable. I went past this wall which had uh, graffiti on it or street art, I guess you would say. And it just said paradise. And I looked around and... Yeah, I, I couldn't disagree. It, I had the sea, I had the mountains, I had beautiful lush green uh, nature all around me. It was a beautiful sunny day. I was fit and healthy and able to run a half marathon distance. It Like all the gratitude and all the joy and all the, the, the wonderful feeling in the world just f- flooded in that moment. It overflew, it took over me and I sailed in. I remember one particular moment. I was feeling a little... Uh, tough I it was getting tired and I was running fast because I was feeling so good and then the muscles were starting to get to me and I was climbing a hill and going down a hill it was just up and down most of the way into the finish line and I saw this cyclist coming the other way and he had all the gear looked like a very good bike and he had all the you know the right clothing and everything and he was going at a good pace and as he came close to me I realized he had an amputated leg so he was a cyclist with only one leg and um, he must have had one of those, you know, pedals that attach to your foot to to drag your foot up again so he could do a full rotation. Clearly, he was doing brilliantly. The guy was going so fast. And suddenly that quietened all of my pain, all of my doubt. Like, this guy had one leg and he was flying along. And what am I moaning about with my two tired legs? But really, everything's fine. And yeah, I just... I didn't even know where the they were all waiting for me in the the in Strand Hill. I was going to finish in Strand Hill, and I remember running into the town down the main street. It's it's a small, it's a beautiful town, but it's quite small. One street, and then there's the the, the coastal strip. And I ran along that street, didn't see them. Went to the the coastal area, the beach, didn't see them there. Ran into the um, hostel we were staying at. They weren't in there, and I think I found them somewhere along the way but I was just in such a buzz like probably if there was someone in the hostel they saw me running in big smile on my face deep breaths like so um, overwhelmed and full of adrenaline and when I saw them I you would swear I hadn't run more than a mile because I was just so fresh and so buzzed and just on cloud nine as they say probably one of the purest examples of the runner's high I ever had was in my ultra marathon uh, I've only I've run one ultra marathon, a fifty-three kilometer race in the Akamas Mountains in Cyprus. Beautiful, organized by the Cyprus Trail Runners, Brian and Chris. Incredible race, had a great time, met some wonderful people, traveled and raced with some wonderful people from Amsterdam as well. Um, and this, um, this race needs a whole episode in itself, and in fact, I do have. Uh, I am on a podcast talking about my first ultra marathon, the No Meat Athlete podcast. If you check that out, there's an episode called "How to Run Your First Fifty K" or "How to Run Your First Ultra Marathon," something along those lines. And that's me being interviewed by my friends Matt and Doug, all about training, all about race day, about how I felt, and does everything about the um, the day the what it took to run my first ultra marathon. So if you're curious about any of that, I would look it up. But again, I it was, you know, exhausting. It was way further than I had ever run before and harder. There, I was climbing mountains. It was pure trail race, rocks and hills and mountains and uh, beaches. In some cases, running through sand 
or mud or, you know, hands and knees on rocks. And as hard as it is to run 53 kilometers, like in a straight line on a flat surface, um, doing that was also hiking and climbing and falling in some cases. The running legs were, were tired, but my climbing legs were just completely shot. I, I, there were times when I didn't even know if I would finish the race because I could barely lift my, my leg up to the next rock because I just had no strength left in my muscles. And I would somehow manage to get to the top of the climb and back down again and start running. And from 10 minutes ago thinking, oh, maybe I have to drop out of this race, suddenly I was running again and quite fresh, not fast, not, you know, not the best run I've ever had, but I was moving my legs. I was running. I couldn't believe it. There, there were many highs and lows in that ultra marathon. And I think one of the, the keys to the runner's high in general is suffering, you're struggling, as in persevering through tough times, enduring and pushing through. And when you come out the other side, that's when your your brain, your body, whatever it is, gives you that reward. Not every time. It, there, there's no set... Uh, formula for this as I said earlier but I think that might be part of it in any case I think around 40 kilometers maybe in the 40 kilometer mark I was finally like admitting to myself hey I, I might do this you know I might actually finish the, my first ever ultra marathon and this realization coincided with one, one of my most memorable favorite parts of the course this was near the end of the race, and by then, by then the the group, the runners, the participants had all separated quite a lot. So, it, whereas at the start you saw people in front of you and behind you, by the end you might go for a long time in, during the race without seeing anybody. And so I felt comfortable enough to put in my running headphones and listen to some music because I needed that final push. I had this playlist of songs that I'd uh, downloaded that I knew were meaningful, I knew were special to me, were upbeat, kind of folksy, you know, for the trails. That's the type of stuff I like to, to listen to when I'm when I'm trail running. And were just you know, hit the spot. Frank Turner, I Am Disappeared. Probably my favourite song of all time. That came on, and it was a Joshua Radin song. I think We Are Only Getting Better. Maybe. It was a Joshua, an upbeat Joshua Radin song, anyway. And those two came on as I had just ascended and descended one of the hardest climbs of the whole day and I found myself in this forest on a, along a single track so this dirt path which was so smooth and so clear and I was surrounded by you know trees and beauty and nature of the Mediterranean island and listening to some of my favorite music of all time I was again I was floating I was flying I had my runners high I you know, there were tears in my eyes. There was a big smile on my face. I was just in, in bliss. It's it's really hard to put it into words. It's such a, a euphoric feeling. It's such a overcoming of emotion, of positive, a wave of positivity just comes over you. And I may have laughed out loud. I was just flying along the track. My legs weren't that tired anymore all of a sudden. And I could go and go and go. And I did. And that lasted for probably 40 kilometers. So I would say it lasted about fifty, about 10 kilometers. That took me from 40 to 50, this wave of joy. And then towards the end, it got a bit hard again. There was this kind of narrow back and forth cliff trail, which was difficult. 
and that's when you started coming back to civilization. So you would find hikers. I remember like there were Russians and Germans hiking on this trail. Perfectly entitled to be there, but when I'm exhausted and almost at the finish line and so focused on just getting over the line with such tired legs that I can hardly stop because if I do stop, I won't be able to start again. Then you have two oblivious kind of tourist hiking uh, on your path, which you feel is your race path. It makes you... Um, you do get a little bit impatient, but that's that's besides the point. There was, just before that, the, the um, one of the organizers I mentioned of this race, Brian, this lovely guy, had been all around the course taking pictures of everybody, and he got a snapshot of me. He got one when I was far away and said, okay, we got time for another, and he tried to set up to take another one, and I was running, and I, I couldn't stop, because if I did, I just... My, the rhythm was there. If I stopped, it would be so hard to get started again. So I kept flying by. And just as I came almost face to face, to face with him, he turned his camera and he managed to get a picture of me. I was right beside him. And I'm looking at it now on my Instagram. I'll share it all with you on the Stephen Runs Vegan Instagram account. I might make it the uh, artwork for this podcast as well. So if you look at the podcast artwork, you're going to see this photo of me. This is me about 43, 45 kilometers into my ultra marathon. I'm a little bit sunburned, I'm very tired, but it, the euphoria is quite clear. I have my thumb up and I'm smiling and it's it's a perfect uh, encapsulation of, of the feeling of the runner's high. So that that's all there is to say about it, I guess. it's There is no hack, like I said. It's something that you have to just, you know, there's something beautiful about it that you can't just get it. You can't work it out. You have to just run. And it's only so euphoric and it's only so wonderful because it so rarely happens. 99% of my runs are fine. Some of them are terrible if it's weather or whatever. Most of them are really good. And then suddenly you have this like um, hidden gem that just gets uncovered without uh, warning. And it can, it's the most wonderful feeling. And that's what we all strive for in running. Sure, you do it. You do races to motivate yourself and you try to make it fun. You pick beautiful cities or interesting places to do a race. You run with friends. You have nice conversations and you enjoy yourself. You go for drinks afterwards maybe. You have a running group. That's all wonderful. But we're all chasing the runners high, whether it's solo or as part of a group. And that, when that feeling hits, it's just like no other. And I hope you know what I mean. And if not, I hope you will get out running to be able to experience that for yourself. I know in the beginning there is no high at all. It's just uncomfortable. It's sore or it's boring or whatever you want to say. And that's true. It was for me too. One of my tricks, as I've talked about before, is the only reason I kept running in the beginning was because I signed up for a marathon already and I had to. Uh, I had a training plan and I had to follow that training plan. I think in the first three weeks it was base building. So every three days I had to run three to five kilometers that's about 30 minutes of running every day. And I was a new runner at the time. And not every day, most days. And 30 minutes of running for a new runner is not easy. It, it it was tiring and it wasn't fun. And I hadn't, my mind hadn't slowed down yet. I hadn't adapted the ability to just settle into a run and appreciate it for what it's worth. The sound of your breathing, the rhythm of your footsteps, uh, a new album to listen to or a podcast, whatever it is, that that takes some time. You might develop the physical muscles quicker than you'll develop the mental stamina, if you want to call it that. But trust me, once you push through those 
early struggles, there is so much joy on the other side. The everyday joy of what I said, organizing runs with friends, meeting new people, getting healthy, traveling for wonderful races. But first and foremost, the runner's high. It's it's like no other. And um yeah, if you've if you've ever if you've ever experienced it, let me know. I'd love to hear from anyone who has examples of what the runner's high means to them, what when they've experienced it, how they've experienced it. Um if you want to get in touch with me, Stephen Runs Vegan at gmail.com. Um I have a Stephen Runs Vegan Instagram account as well. You can always hit me up there. For those friends and family, anyone who knows me personally, you have my personal social media accounts. I'm always open to talk about running or to help with any vegan questions, anything like that. And I'll be sharing this on all of them. So I'll leave you there, guys. Thank you very much for listening. It's been too long. As I said, we all know that. It's so nice to just be doing this again, to be talking to a microphone for all of you guys. And I hope you enjoy what I have to say. As I said, I'll be keeping up weekly episodes now from here on out. So I hope you'll join me again next week. For now, I'm going to love you and leave you guys. Thank you very much for listening. Much appreciated. Bye-bye.